0: radio begins in three two one I don't know I mean I don't know if there is or not
1: I don't know if there's a black and white answer I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't know
2: I don't know how some men who know the truth
1: and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from
0: the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll just
3: wait right here while you Thank me. This is Wretched Radio for what do you have to be grateful? Well, I went to the YouTube machine to look for a song about trends. You know, being trendy, like a Madonna Vogue kind of thing. Kind of making fun of how fashions come and fashions go. And what popped up at the top of the YouTube machine in the middle of the YouTube machine. And at the end, Taylor Swift So we don't have any bumper music. Go ahead. I'll wait right here. Thank you, Todd. You're very, very welcome. (laughs) Who is her publicist? I'm at the checkout at the grocery store. And it's like Taylor Swift owns every magazine. She's on the cover of everything. She's oh so trendy. But hey, leave it to the church to be just like Taylor Swift. Now there's a sentence I never thought I'd utter. We are a trendy people. Evangelicals. I'll even broaden it. All Protestants have a propensity to ape the culture. This goes back easily a couple hundred years. Consider liberal Protestantism in Europe, specifically Germany. Wow, the Deutschland sure did produce an awful lot of wildly liberal theologians. Uh, th- think of the Bultmanns and the Tillages and the Schleiermachers, liberal, liberal, liberal. And I think that they were running in parallel with the world who was focusing and drifting more and more progressively toward autonomy, the worship of self. There is no God. There is no truth. We're it. We, we human beings, we're just We got it all figured out and we know all things. We've got logic, we've got reason, we'll create the rules around here. And an increasing ideology that said, the individual does not conform to society. Society conforms to the individual. You'll recall, of course, the great work by Carl Truman who tracked the philosophical history revealing that the push was to let your inner you. Sounds like Freud, he participated in this scheme too. The inner you, that's what you got to let go. You got to break the shackles. This was the romantic poets. This was what well, most of Hollywood You got you got to be you. The music parroted what was going on in universities and secular psychology, all about self, me, self, I as the center of the universe. And the Protestant church said, yeah, we can get down with that. And what did we see? Liberalism changing what the Bible says to conform to the self to the individual. The seeker-sensitive movement is exactly in alignment with what the Schleiermachers and the Boltmans had been doing for decades. It was to go out and ask pagans, how do you want us to do church in a way that'll please you and perhaps encourage you to darken our doorsteps? It is all about the autonomous self, the individual. I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers from a uni- from a seminary, the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary identified seven trends in the local church in 2024. And what I keep hearing is the same sort of liberal ideology, whether you want to call it secular or Protestant. This is... The- we're, we do church to make everybody happy. And that is just so totally backwards. We do church the way the object of our worship wants us to do church. We get in alignment with him. We don't conform church to the whims of the world. The world has to get in conformity with the one who made the world and all therein. And I think we're just continuing to see the same sort of liberal ideology that can infect even good churches. And the reason for that, even if you're a good Bible-based church, now you, 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 you want to understand that there are indeed times that the church uh, can do things that accommodate people and a changing society, but you can't change fundamental truths. You can't change ecclesiology. If, for instance, now this will be a silly example. The year is uh, 1520, and somebody has invented the doorknob, and suddenly people are moving away from handle doors to doorknobs. Okay, the church can change from a handle to a doorknob, because that's just an advancement. It has nothing to do with theology. That has nothing to do with any biblical truth or the regulated elements of worship. So you want to put carpet in? Fine. And you, you, you want people to be able to check in their kids with an app. Big deal. That means nothing. So the church can accommodate, and the church has liberty to stay with the times and not just be an antiquated structure and facility. Yeah, I think even amplification., well, nothing wrong with that. Mm, change the The lights changing them so that people can see what's happening. all well and good, but that's that's not what typically is a foot. When it comes to being trendy, listen for autonomy, listen to yet another observation and survey to help churches remain relevant that have very little to do with God and everything to do with self. The first is titled, this is the first of the seven trends, mainline malaise. Acknowledge the considerable decline among mainline Protestant denominations. Please note that's mainline Protestant denominations. Non-denominational churches are growing like a nobody's business. Those that are Bible-based, they're flourishing. Stating that the typical mainline congregation is facing the need to adjust its expectations and ministry models. Got to be careful again. Your ministry model? There could be tweaks, but we're going to hear this goes further. Mainline denominations face a need to realign their institutional infrastructure, including everything from judicatories, that must be a Wesleyan thing, church agencies to theological education and parachurch organizations to conform to current realities. All righty. What are those current realities? Well, one of those current reality is that people don't like going outside of their door on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Just Every Sunday, we do this every single Sunday on the way to church. Whoa! Two-thirds of the people are out going to church this Sunday. Because it's just, if you ever want to come to Atlanta, visit on a Sunday morning. Smooth sailing. You'll cut right through town because people aren't going to church. They're sitting at home. So what are we to do as a church? We are to conform to that reality and create Zoom church. We do it online. There are actually Zoom churches that don't even have a church. (laughs) That's not how we are to observe trends and adjust. The second trend was stable finances. Well, that's, that's good. The third was small is beautiful. Most Americans go to fairly large congregations, but small, nimble, highly personalized expressions of church seem to be increasingly on the green growing edge of growth and development. L- look, there are, there are benefits to small groups, but that's, that's not my critique. Did you hear the language? If you want to grow and develop... You got to do this stuff wrong and wrong. You don't want to focus on growing and developing. You want to focus on biblical fidelity. We want to focus on what we are told to do, whether people dig it or not. It is irrelevant. And by the way, I'll just let this idea fly. You can do with it as you see fit. You might not be as excited about this as I am. Jimmy, I think we've come up. With a worship team idea, I'm not sure anybody else is doing out there. Would you like to? Would you like to hear my my zany idea for Alpharetta Bible church? I would love to. Have four people that aren't up front because I, I just don't know that that's necessary. But four people: a soprano, an alto, a tenor, and a bass, and they can be miked, and they can sing. Four parts to lead the congregation to help everybody find their part. So not a worship leader with one big booming voice who tells everybody what to do. Four voices so everybody can find their way, sing their part, which I think is an expression of diversity while having unity because it all harmonizes. Okay, we can do that because mm, that's not identifying a trend. Uh, That's just trying to be faithful to do worship in a God-pleasing way, that needs to be the goal. That that, that needs to be the focus. Asking the question, Lord, what do you want? What does your word reveal? That is how we do church. And if the doors close because nobody comes, well, at least you went down biblically. This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked and said in in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar, that's it. The kid comes, they get treats, Per month.
4: All right, we'll buckle up. Get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Favara is also back this year, but what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Reem is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4, and this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. hard hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth sin death atheism racism critical race theory you name it they're going to cover it this season and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it get ready because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing christians today from a solid biblical perspective road trip to truth season four available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four that's wretched.org slash f-o-u-r I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms
3: in the womb, when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org
0: slash wretched. Know your reformers. Jan Hus, a Czech priest, was inspired by the writings of John Wycliffe to preach against papal excess and false doctrines such as transubstantiation. Even as he was burned at the stake by the Catholic Church, he continued to preach the gospel and sing the psalms. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: (laughs) This is Wretched Radio.
0: (laughs) I was acting
3: like Gunger. (laughs) (laughs) do you know who the Gunger is no he was a a, a singer guy who deconstructed and now he's he's a total okay and so i'm standing here waiting for jimmy to give me the signal to start and i keep trying to think of a song about being trendy (laughs) and all i could come up with was from i think the association from like 1968 everyone knows it's trendy you know it's supposed to be windy everyone knows it's trendy. And Trendy, and I kept going, welcome to my brain. I kept singing in my head, and Trendy has Protestant eyes Uh, that change at the sound of lies. Okay, so I'm trying to, pretty desperate and pathetic. Yes, yes it is. And that's why it's just like Gunger. You say, what exactly does a really antiquated song being rewritten in your head have to do with the Gunger fellow? I happen to have, this was sent to me by somebody, this is Gunger's face tweeter thing is what it is. He rewrote Amazing Grace. Would you like to hear the deconstructed lyrics of Amazing Grace? I this, is, love this is to. really clever. But at least I knew enough to say inside of my head, Freel, that's pathetic. You're not going to sing. Everyone knows it's trendy like the association. So here's Amazing Grace by Gunger. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound of love that sets us free. That which seemed lost has now been found. And grace is all I see. T'was grace that saw my heart in fear. (laughs) Clever! And grace my fears relieved. Now, Amazing grace is that God gives us a fear of him. (laughs) That's a gift that we rightly fear the Lord. Well, that got changed. "'Twas grace that saw my heart in fear, and grace my fears relieved. Now precious does this faith appear that frees us from belief.'" Whoa. "'Yeah, through this flesh and heart shall fail.'" and mortal life shall cease. We now behold within the veil a life of joy and peace. Though we've been here 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. There you have it, amazing grace. Rewritten by the deconstructed Gunger. You can just thank me for not doing the exact same thing. This happens to be from the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary, identifying seven trends. I want to be aware of what's happening in culture to a degree. I don't want to become a student of it per se. I just want to be aware. I want to see what's unfolding out there to determine. Can we participate in this or not? For instance, online giving, that's that's like a church thing. Because we used to consider giving as an act of worship that was regulated, that we bring our sacrifice, that we offer up our first fruits to the Lord. And right before, we give thee but thine own, whatever the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. May we Thy bounties thus, as stewards true, receive and gladly as Thou blessest us, to Thee our first fruits give. It was a part of worship. Well, the online giving happened, and people don't do that as much. Or so, what is, what is the church to do? Well, how do we how do we respond to that? Now, I can just tell you what we did at ABC. We decided that yeah, we can have online giving, but that doesn't mean we're going to remove the element from the service so we take time to offer up a, whether it was done online whether you put it in a box and we chose not to pass the plate as long as people are aware we give so that so that the body can do the ministry work that they're called to do in their territory but we don't pass the plate We've got a box you can give online, but we do pause to offer up those gifts because it's not about the mechanism, but I don't want to remove the element of worship of giving. So we, we do need to be aware of these things, but we need to constantly ask the question, how does God want to do this? How does he want us to be obedient to what he has prescribed for us? So this is the sixth trend of the report focused on Sunday school the classic model of Christian education might have run its course in the age of the internet. All right. In our internet age, both children and adults are accustomed to more interactive and engaging ways of learning. All right. So here's what you've got. And by the way, it was just, I got it right here. Screen time for kids under the age of two is linked to sensory differences in toddlerhood the people are putting a cell phone in front of their kid. They put them in front of the TV at zero. They're just like a week old and they just automatically start. And those kids, they are demonstrating, uh, they've got some sensation avoidance, sensory sensitivity and sensation seeking. In other words, while their brain is getting wired because the human brain is still very busy putting in the circuits and the plugs at that age, uh, it's, it's getting rewired. We should know that. (sighs) I know you've got these stories, too. We were out to eat a few weeks ago, grabbing a sandwich. And there was a mom and dad sitting with, I'm guessing, uh, a one-year-old. And you could tell they loved their child because she was, she was cutting up the food for the child to make sure that it was just finger size. And I mean, just being meticulous and maternal. It, it was sweet, except I'm, I'm looking at the kid. Who's just maybe 11 months, just zoned in on the cell phone in front of him. Now, the good news is it wasn't crummy, junky stuff. Even it was kind of like the preschool stuff that you see on the maybe the PBA, you know, that sort of cartoonish stuff. So she hands the plate to the kid, and the kid, you know, kind of from the periphery, hasn't taken her eye off the screen, reaches over, kind of fumbles with her, grabs one, and and it puts it to her mouth without ever taking her eye off of the machine. The studies are starting to reveal that's not helping children. And I think we already have enough of that proof, frankly. Having permitted myself to air my personal piccadillos that cell phones are terrible for people. Okay, well, here's the reality. People do have shorter attention spans. People. Do we respond to that at the ministry? Sure. We put up shorts, YouTube shorts. We, we don't do the TikTok stuff. We just haven't been able to find the stomach for that. But we'll do the YouTube shorts to accommodate that. And you say, well, okay, that's accommodating the culture. Sure. Okay. Because people have a short attention span. But that's a YouTube video. It's not church. That's not the house of God. That's social media. That's a difference. So here's what they say, that Sunday school superintendents and directors of Christian education are scrambling to figure out how to engage families experimenting with classes that are held less frequently or at alternative times, developing more intergenerational and service-related activities, equipping and motivating parents for faith education at home. We need new models of faith formation, whatever that is. That's the seventh trend. There's a challenge that those in the pews on Sunday will be formed in faith through the elements of worship, particularly preaching. Well, that ain't the case anymore. So what's a church to do? Well, you better stop preaching. And that's what we saw, incidentally, in the emergent movement. Do you remember that trend where the pastor? Well, we didn't call him pastor. We just called him guru, guru guy, would sit in the middle on a couch. and Everybody would sit in a recliner and a beanbag chair surrounding him and he'd talk. That was that was an accommodation to culture. That's not what preaching is. Preaching is authoritative. Preaching is commanding. Preaching is compelling. Preaching is exhorting. Pre- preaching is saying, thus saith the Lord. That's what preaching is. And so the emergent church, which by the way, the seeds of which have simply been sown and they're just scattered throughout evangelicalism, I was, was reading some of the other trends in evangelicalism, and it's like, hey, that really sounds just like the emergent movement. Well, it is, because those people didn't go away. They simply got scattered to the four winds, and they found themselves in evangelical churches, and they are bringing in trendy, uh, what we used to call the emergement, the emergement, emergent movement. It doesn't go away. It's trendy. And that is precisely what this report reveals. We got to change church, which means, okay, we can change some stuff. That's okay. But they want you to change church and they want you to accommodate people. And now it doesn't mean we need to do this in jerkish fashion, but here's the reality. If Christianity is about anything, we would have to say it is not about our deity conforming himself to our will. that's what we call idolatry when we make him become or we present him in a pleasing fashion that we've actually signed off on. It's just wrong. It's just backwards. And the temptation, I get it. I know it. I see it. I, you you want people to come. I get that. You want them to visit and participate. I get that. But that that good desire cannot become twisted and contorted into becoming trendy and changing the way that God wants us to do church. His will is done, not ours. We need to resist that trendy temptation. This is Wretched Radio.
0: God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is mercy. Those who possess this gift are able to show compassion and comfort the afflicted, people who are sick, dying, or bereaved. God cares about the things that afflict us and has provided comfort in troubled times. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: On second thought, maybe... Maybe this isn't a joke. This is Wretched Radio. So I'm sitting here noodling how we, as the church, respond to a changing society, which is always changing, mostly advancing. When it comes to inventions, when it comes to creature comforts, when it comes to medicine, we're kind of we're making some progress in those areas, and the church identifies those and has to ask the question, what do we do with them? It it shouldn't be an automatic. We'll just incorporate them. And so I'm sitting here thinking because sometimes it happens. I'm thinking about the big trend, of course, of cell phones. And I thought I'll make some sort of wisecrack about the church of cell phones where you actually you go to church. But, of course, you bring your cell phone because if you don't bring your cell phone, well, we all go into a panic, don't we? And they have a, a typical service, and they film it, of course. They're shooting it with cameras and live streaming it to your phone while you sit there. And I thought, actually, um, that's probably already happening someplace. In a, in a sense, it does happen. You ever see these churches? They've got you know the stage, and they've got the band, and then they'll have the big screens. Watch what the people are looking at. They're not watching the worship. They're watching the screams because our eyes are just attracted. The electronic thing, uh, there's something that it that, that serotonin drip, whatever, it is, we love it. And people go to church and they don't actually even watch the service. They watch the pastor up on the screen. And so the idea of a church screaming to the people sitting there so they can watch what's right in front of them on their cell phones probably isn't a joke after all. Jimmy... I found that 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 article to which I was referring mm. was referring to which church for nuns this is not N.O.N.E.S. Not Roman Catholic women who dress like Sally Field meet the anti dogma spiritual collectives emerging. Interesting choice of words across the U.S. This is from Religion News. And incidentally, regarding Religion News, Religion News, you might think automatically because, well, Christianity is the right religion that it's about Christian nah, 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 nah. they they slap everything and anything up there so be mindful as you glean stories from the religionnews.com site it's different than the christian post basically they're describing a church that happens to be near atlanta hmm. maybe we should check it out someday jimmy one of a handful of spiritual communities across the U.S. sprouting from the soil of the ex-evangelical and deconstruction movements. Sunday morning gatherings retain the basic structure of Christian services, music, teachings, fellowships, but they reject dogma, prefer questions over answers. (laughs) That's the emergent movement. We've been there, done that. It's just manifesting in a different form, but it's the same old, same old. We make church comfortable for a particular demo. And it is fascinating that every one of these churches that attempts to identify a way to get people into their church, it's, it's always demographically driven. It's never casting the broad net, which is the net that Jesus cast. Whosoever, come on, come in what age are you come in drink of the cool refreshing water the, the broken cistern leave it behind you Just come on in it's a general call these churches that make themselves look like the community for the sake of attracting the community it might attract that particular zip code because there are the way that you would even decorate a church it would be different in say jimmy where you grew up versus where you are today it could just be true it could just be different in that regard but this 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 this, this is identifying people and then turning the service into it the music styling for a particular, and it's going it whittles down the local geography the the local d- demography and in, into just a particular people group. It'll be age or it'll be gender. it'll 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 be somebody who has a preference for a particular thing, and it's usually music driven. And so that's why you see these churches, and typically the outreach of these seeker churches, they tend to be dated pretty much to when the pastor, was in his teen and early 20s. And that is why when you go to these churches and they think that they're being trendy, and it's like, hey, it's a big 80s church Sunday. It's Duran Durand Sunday. Out walks the pastor and it's like, oh, I see you're about 50, 55, and you love the Duran Got it. It's always aiming at somebody. And that to me is just contrary to the biblical call that we are so- We put out a general call, not a identified demographic that we wish to attract call. And so I see ain't nothing new under the sun. The trendy just keeps on continuing. And speaking of trendy, one of the biggest trends would be Zoom church, doing it online. And people come up with all kinds of excuses for doing it. The churches accommodate what? People. When does God want us to worship? How does he want us to worship? Does he want us to be together, real flesh and blood together, being able to see one another, hug one another, rebuke one another, communicate, fellowship, even break bread, do communion together, which is what with union is. You can't do that scattered all over the place. And so what do we see? These churches saying, well, let's accommodate people's schedules. And they they've got sporting events on and at least they're watching church on Sunday morning when their kid has got a soccer game in the afternoon what is it again we're accommodating people just to be clear it doesn't mean that we aren't good hospitable christians who are welcoming to people that's not what i'm saying but what this this particular trend is we got to do everything to make everybody happy, or at least our particular demographic. So we're not going to push church in person. We're going to produce Zoom church to accommodate people. And I doubt they ever ask, what do you think God thinks about this? Wretched Worldview 2 with Dr. Nathan Busnitz. We tackled this particular subject.
2: Hey, Jimmy, how providential is this? I happen to have a snippet Oh, right here. Wow. Well, some explicit verses, Matthew 16, verse 18, the Lord Jesus says to Peter and the other apostles after Peter's great confession, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And I included that verse because not only is it a promise from Christ, but also the word church, ecclesia, means those who are called out. It means assembly. So the very idea of the word church means that people are coming out to gather together. It's inherent in the word, the idea of assembling or gathering. Then I think probably the most explicit verse in this category would be Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Key phrase in that section is not forsaking our own assembling together. So the author of Hebrews makes it really clear that for Christians, as a pattern of life, You are not to forsake the assembly, the church, the gathering of the saints. Some implicit verses. Well, we could look at the one another commands that are found in the New Testament. There are nearly 60 of these. And most of these commands require in person interaction in order to fully or adequately fulfill and obey. So if you are to show the one anothering kind of Interaction with others that the New Testament calls you to as a Christian, that's going to require some level of physical gathering, not something that you can simply do through a screen. We also have the ongoing ordinance of the Lord's table, which requires corporate gathering. And you see that taught in passages like 1 Corinthians 11, where the Apostle Paul talks about how the church gathered together to observe communion, which is the body of Christ communing with the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, through remembering the Last Supper, the Lord's table. Then we have the practice of church discipline in Matthew chapter 18, which is really a restoration process, but this similarly requires the corporate gathering of the church. I think, sadly, many churches that have gone entirely virtual in terms of their services, they really don't practice things like church discipline because it's not conducive to the format that they've chosen.
3: (laughs) And besides, who knows what somebody is doing out there? never see them, can't ask them. And they can certainly, how many things can we fake online? Being in person with one another on Sunday morning, there's a degree of transparency there. Be honest, you've seen it. Perhaps you're the one who did it there was there's a fight between the husband, and they're not getting along. We sense it. we know it. Then we can come alongside and say, "Sup, How can we help? In other words, before we separate and accommodate the whims of our culture, we need to ask the Bible, "How do you want us to meet?" And the answer is, it ain't
4: online. This is wretched radio. 2024 is a crucial election year the sanctity of life is at the forefront and while we do celebrate the overturning of roe we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices they are persuasive but we can and should be more convincing we have to stand firm not only in our beliefs but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments and as christians it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, can make a difference
3: so you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally well then we'll let paul washer convince you. You have to
1: support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised.
3: Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash
4: pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Truly, we are grateful for your support when you tune in and you consume all of the content that we've been able to produce. And we've only been able to produce the content because of the help and support of our monthly gospel partners. And let's talk about that in just a moment. We love that you have been here with us. We couldn't be more thrilled to have you here with us. Have you ever considered what it might look like if you were to take that next step and join us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Now, please don't receive this in the wrong way that it's intended. Don't. Please don't. We're not all about the money around here. We do not want to be greedy or sound like we're trying to be, but we cannot help but dream about what we could accomplish together if you were able to join us in the mission to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. Just log on to wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 if you still have questions about what it might look like in your life. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing
0: gospel. Hermeneutics. A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is poetry. Poetry relies on imaginative and figurative language to expand on a theme, examine emotions, and reflect on who God is and what He has done. God's timeless truth is written down by biographers and artists alike. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: Trends in... Evangelism? This is Wretched Radio. We have seen throughout the centuries the church loves to mimic the culture and accommodate whims inside of the church, but I fear we see trends in virtually every aspect of the Christian life, including how we share the good news you will recall perhaps in your lifetime. We have seen some trendy Evangelism presentations. How do you share the gospel in a way that people get it? Now, that's fair to ask that question. We do indeed want to communicate well. We don't want to sound foreign to people. We want to understand their language. We want to understand how they understand words. We can even understand sensitivities. But that doesn't mean that we can change the contents of the gospel so that it becomes palatable. To pagan people. Now, we have seen different trends. Some some varying shades of good or bad or fair and okay. Now, I recall the bridge gospel presentation. Do you remember that? Jimmy, do you remember the bridge gospel? I do. Yeah. Okay. Describe what that looks like. Because you had to draw it out for people.
4: Yeah, there was, uh, oh, there was... One side of the road, the other side of the road, and then in the middle, the big gap with Jesus yeah. connecting the two. Yeah,
3: it's a bridge.
4: Right, 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 right. right.
3: Okay, so, so you're on one side, God's on the other. No matter how hard you try, you can't jump across. But Jesus is the bridge. So walk on him and you get to the Father. Um, that was trendy. It, in my estimation, it was also inaccurate. Why? Well, there was nothing about the wrath of God. Furthermore, if I'm walking across Jesus, I'm participating in my own salvation. It had nothing to do really with sin, judgment, and propitiation. Jesus was a conduit uh, but but he wasn't the conqueror of sin and death. Uh, 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 okay now i'm not I'm not saying that necessarily these things are bad. I'm just saying we come up with new ways to present the gospel. If you were to die tonight, where would you go? Uh, that, that came out, was that out of uh, Coral Ridge with D. James Kennedy? Um, now, if I recall, that had the elements of the gospel, and it, my point isn't to critique the, the where would you go if you died tonight, it, but it's to say, well, throughout the decades, we'll see different sort of trendy ways to present it make their way into popular evangelicalism recently received an email now i recall this this circle gospel which is apparently uh, still being used pretty actively according to this email in southern baptist churches so it's called the three circle gospel i pulled it up on the web on the youtube machine there's 234000 views It was six years ago, but according to the email that I received, it's growing in popularity and it is being used to help people understand the gospel. All right. And I don't mean this in a pejorative way, but we have a a trendy presentation. So let's give it a listen and see if it's clear on the essentials. The gospel is not about life enhancement. The gospel is not about the effects of the gospel. There are a myriad effects. Peace, joy, shalom, fruit of the spirit. All of those things are benefits of the gospel, but they're not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus died for sinners. Why? Because we do sin. What is sin? It's a violation of God's law. Furthermore, there is a consequence for law breaking, and God, therefore, is angry at the wicked every single day. The law reveals we are guilty criminals, and the just judge of all the earth is going to sentence us, and it ain't going to be pretty. But Jesus Christ paid our fine and died for sinners, credits us with his righteousness, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, and he will forgive anyone who repents and puts their trust in him and reconcile them to the father there, there, there's the gospel. Now let's just see if that's clearly communicated in the three circles.
1: If you turn on the television or look at your Facebook feed, it's very clear that we live in a broken world. There's a lot of death, a lot of disease yeah. and suffering, mm-hmm. but we also see traces of beauty like the beauty of a sunset or the laugh of a child. And that's because God's design was perfect when he made it. There was no death or disease or suffering. But starting with the very first people, we as humans chose to go our own way and leave God's perfect design. Okay, And that's called sin. Good. And and sin is what led to brokenness in our world and us and
3: sinfulness. Okay, here's, here's where this suddenly became a little bit precarious. The focus on brokenness, that the effect of sin being brokenness, that is most certainly true, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is your sin has created a debt and your wages for your sin is death. That's the effect of sin. That is the gospel focus. I, I hope that we don't go down the brokenness road where the gospel becomes a way to to have fractured pieces put back together and to move from brokenness to, to feeling better and having nice things like the laugh of a child and a good meal. Let's see.
1: Well, we don't like to be in brokenness, this state that we're born in. So we try to get out. So for some... They try to get out on their own by climbing the ladder of success at work or school, thinking that'll get them out. Others try to get out
3: themselves. Okay, this, this is going that way. We're going to see. We're going to be fair to this. We're going to see. But it's going that way. People have created, man has, has created methods for getting out of brokenness. And Jesus is the better method. I hope it doesn't go there.
1: By doing good things or being religious and going to church and helping people. And while those are great things, they, they don't get us out of
3: brokenness. See, that's it. The, the three circles right now with a minute and 14 seconds into it, 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 the gospel is about getting out of brokenness. Let's hope he writes the ship.
1: Some try to drown out the brokenness with drugs and alcohol or attempts at suicide or, or maybe even relationships. And these attempts to get out of brokenness ourselves end up snapping us back in like a bungee cord. But God loved us so much, he didn't want us to stay in brokenness.
3: No, God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son. And if you don't believe in him, you'll perish. Without him, you won't have everlasting life. It's not about brokenness. It's about forgiveness. So
1: he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He provided the only way out.
3: Now this is interesting. You can't see it. It's it's a video. It's one of those where the hand draws it on the piece of paper. On the left side, it's the good stuff. On the right side, it's brokenness. And we went from the good stuff to the bad stuff because of sin. That he's pulling Jesus now out of not the sin, but out of the brokenness. So this is a, a a focus so far on if you come to Jesus, you'll 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 move back to the goodness instead of the brokenness.
1: And that is through his son, Jesus. You see, Jesus came down into our world and allowed himself to be killed on a cross, taking on our sin.
3: Okay, that there, 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 there's the gospel.
1: And three days later, he rose from the dead. And he declared that if anyone would turn from their way and surrender to him,
3: Okay, that's not bad.
1: Repentance and faith. And believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead. Would be willing to make him their king or their Lord. That they would be forgiven. Okay. And made new. Yeah. And would then be uh, able to experience God's perfect design for their life. Yes. I want to ask you, which of these two... Would you say you're in, are you still in brokenness or have you repented and believed in Jesus and are now back in his design?
3: Okay. See there, that kind of, that kind of went off the rails there. Do you come to Jesus for, for fixing from brokenness? No, 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 no. Are you under the wrath of God still, or have you been forgiven with the promise of making you new? Okay. You're in brokenness. Well, which one of these two do you want to be in?
1: Okay, great. Well, is there anything that keeps you from turning from your way and believing in the gospel of Jesus and making him your Lord, your king? Okay, great. You know,
3: when I chose to make this decision, I... Pre- okay, so that's basically the gist. Is is everything in there wrong? No, but it seems to me that in an effort to understand how people are feeling and thinking, he moved the emphasis away from the, the 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 bullseye of the gospel and and is basically created with there's enough truth in there somebody could possibly get saved in that but it really became a life enhancement gospel come to jesus and all this bad stuff will will go away and you'll experience good stuff trends They can infect every aspect of our Christian life and that is why we need to guard against trendiness fiercely. And until tomorrow, go serve your King.